do do buckaroos we are here welcoming you to the after show i think yeah. if this is how things work uh, <laughs> we're, we're honestly not sure how anything works anymore so we thought we'd try this one and see if we could maybe get it wrong too so um yeah i'm your host kelly gamont joining me as always my podcasting partner in crime the one who does all the grunt work on this show mike rose hi mike hey kelly how's it going i wish i knew I wish I knew too. It's, it's very mysterious. Uh, you know, you know. For for longtime after show listeners, we we have always been we we have always been and always shall be your friend. We have always been a show oh. that that is that has an intermit intermittency about it, yes. an intermittency quotient. Um, and we, you know, normally when we have a gap, a lacuna. A pause in in our production schedule. There's no, there's nothing really you can point to. I mean, like sometimes there's it's no summer. discernible reason. It's like yeah. the sun came out and Kelly got distracted or, or something. Or, or Mike, you know, Mike's Mike's editing. Mike is just not editing at his pace or like whatever. <laughs> like people go on vacation and like there's nothing. Yes. There's no sort of larger, you know, sort of global it's not like a, a crisis. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's no societal shift on a subatomic level right. that caused us to like not get around to it. So yeah. so in some ways that is that is the the normalcy underlying mm-hmm. the chaos, which is there's there could have been any number of reasons we went two months without recording a show. It this just, is valid. In, it re- just, it, it's in real life, as I've become fond of saying, in yes. real life. Uh, there are any number of things. Uh, Mike went on vacation for a month. Uh, Mike uh, had some sort of traveling to do, and I had some sort of traveling to do, and they backed up against each other, and yep. like none of us were in the same place twenty four hours in a row, so there was no way, you know. And then when we do get back together, uh, we we take advantage of of you know what happened in that gap, and like I went to Disney World, and Mike went to Europe, and here's all the awesome stuff, and yeah. You know, now Mike has to worry about intercontinental cell phone charges and you know, like we 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 talked to you about it. And this time, no. No. Not so much. <laughs> no. Like um, like real legitimate there's like it, it it it's almost like you don't have to point at it, you just have to gesture at everything. That's all. Yeah, gest yeah, gestures in parentheses, all this. All that's, this. That's where we're at right now, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. <sighs> so I um have spent part of this time uh ill. Mm. Uh I did get sick. I don't have the trendy one. Um oh, well. Uh at least I hope I don't. Um when I went to the doctor, uh mostly what I was worried about was having strep throat, which is also yeah. very contagious and super unpleasant. So if that was what I had, not only did I not want to have it, but um Mr. Kelly's parents had just moved and we were going to their house occasionally to help them with small things around the house. Yes. And I didn't want I didn't want them to get sick if I had something. And so I went to the doctor to kind of head this off. It was like the second week of March, which is still almost feels like the before times. And sort of was. So I went to the doctor and uh, I went to like urgent care. There was basically no wait. When I walked in, they took my temperature and handed me a mask. And I went back and I sat down and attempted to talk to a doctor who at that point was wearing, you know, three, four layers of PPE. So I'm like, hi. Um, so I, I said, like, this is what's happening. This is what I'm worried about. Um, 
And, you know, this is what prompted me to come to the doctor. And so she said, well, here's what I can tell you is that what you've got is an upper respiratory infection of some sort. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, and and as you know, the one in the news is also an upper respiratory infection. Uh, You don't check enough of the boxes for me to test you for this. Um, So I don't think you have it. But I can't test you, so I can't tell you you don't have it. Right. And that didn't freak me out until she said it that way. Yeah. <laughs> and so then, and I, no, do I now think I had it? No. Um, in retrospect, no, I do not believe that's what I had. But mm. uh, it had not occurred to me to consider it on those terms until she said so. Mm-hmm. So, I was, so at that point, I was a little worried. Um, I ended up basically... Uh, like I would wake up, drink some tea, um, take a good look around, give up and go back to sleep for another chunk of time. Um, I did that for about four days or so. I was reasonably sick for about a week, week and a half uh, and have since gotten better. So I don't get to mark the time uh, that yeah. I have been ill the way you do. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm counting in in weeks. So it's interesting. The uh, we're in a period of the Jewish calendar called the Omer, which is the the seven week period, forty nine days between Passover and um, uh, and Shavuot. Uh, so it's a it's a it, it's basically a period where the way you the way you commemorate it is you count <laughs> like you are that's okay. exactly you just count the days. Um, and uh, I have I have been in my own personal Omer since before Passover. <laughs> um, so I actually so and and to contextualize this, I live in Brooklyn. Uh, you may know us from such news broadcasts as Ground Zero, the End of the World, and the center of uh, the 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 biggest outbreak of coronavirus uh, on the planet. Uh, here we are in New York, and. Um, I know you from Jeffrey Wright talking about you constantly and um, <laughs> helping to... Well, he lives in Brooklyn and has started a charity where uh, people donate to the charity and the charity arranges for the money to buy meals from local restaurants and those meals get delivered to healthcare workers. Yep. I know. So, I, I have I have donated to that charity personally. It's so. pretty awesome. And well, because Westworld, uh, yes. I follow... Jeffrey Wright pretty closely and on Twitter he's been very outspoken about this and watching it come together was really interesting so I know I know your neighborhood from a slightly more positive perspective because he's showing (laughs) he's showing like the good that that people are trying to put out into the world and that's kind of nice to see and and the good but that comes from not whacking the microphone arm with your hand Um, is that yeah so I um I became uh mildly ill and i want to i want to contextualize this for listeners that that when i talk about being ill i'm talking about being mildly ill uh not i have not i have not been to the hospital i have not been i have not been sick enough to seek urgent medical care um but i i fell mildly ill on march 10th and spoke to my doctor and my doctor said go you know i want you to go to urgent care and get checked they'll do a chest x-ray and a flu test and a strep test all of which they did all of which was negative so he said well it's probably just an upper respiratory thing that was going around then i remained ill for you know quite a while 
Uh, I had symptoms of shortness of breath. I had a mild, very mild fever. I uh, never had a cough really, but um, you know, putting it all together, when I spoke to my doctor again, he said, "Well, you know, you should assume that what you have is COVID nineteen. Um, you should." Because because there's there's nothing else going around at this point at the end of flu season that would work, and you tested negative for flu, um, and you should treat it like you would treat any other respiratory infection. Except you know if you find yourself truly you know in respiratory distress, you should go to the hospital, uh, which would be true. Also, again, for anything that causes you not to be able to breathe, you should yes. seek urgent medical attention. In it's real life, of, that's a very important thing. In yes. real life, it's true. Um, so, yeah. So, so the first two weeks that I was sick, I was, I was sick enough to be concerned, not mm-hmm. not really panicked or freaked out. I, you know, I, I tried to keep it separate from my family, and I was washing my hands pretty pathologically. Um, yes. And I will say that I, I packed and unpacked my go bag mm-hmm. three times during oh, the gosh. course of those first two weeks. Yeah. So like throw in the MiFi and the, you know, the, the battery pack and <laughs> charging cables Yeah. and, uh, and the iPad into a bag with, you know, spare underwear or whatever into a bag and put the bag down and then like lie back down and try to breathe and then eventually fall asleep and get up the next day and feel better. And, Mm -hmm. and like you, you do that like enough times and I did, I would say three times and then I started to feel better. And so that, that was probably the last week of March. And so since the end of March, I've felt better, but not well. Um, okay. I had a, I had maybe four days in a row where I felt like it, the first week of April where I felt like, oh, I feel like I'm actually getting better. And then I was like, no, no, still not well. <laughs> oh, and so that's been terrible. It's basically been steady state since the end of March. And we're now on April 28th. So it's 49 days, 50 days tomorrow um, where I'm like I'm working. I'm doing this. I, I am I'm able to, you know, go to go up to the pharmacy or the bagel store if I need to. Um, I drove one of the kids to a dentist appointment in Queens today and then drove back. Like I'm functional. I'm not, I'm not non-functional. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not bedridden. I'm not overcome with, with, uh, with w- either with illness or with existential despair. Like I'm in a pretty good mood and I'm, I'm a, I'm normally in a, in a pretty, a pretty upbeat person. Um, yeah. But, but I find this challenging. And again, I, I, I want to emphasize for our listeners, I am fine. I'm mostly fine. I am in no, as far as I'm aware, I'm in no immediate hazard. I am not having a, I'm not having any of the really, 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 really unfortunate things that are happening to people like kidney problems and blood clotting problems and mm-hmm. digestive problems and heart problems and like, and neuro, neurological, like none of that is happening to me at the moment. Um, but, I'm also like I I will work I'll be at work and I'll be on calls and I'll go through the morning and suddenly be like mm, okay yeah gotta lie down now I gotta go I gotta go take that rest and and it is it's debilitating but it's also a little bit it's a little bit like okay well is this 
is this now the new normal? Is this what I what my body is going to be doing for an indefinite period of time? There is a uh, there's a woman in New York named Fiona Lowenstein who started what I think originally was a WhatsApp chat that has now become a Slack group, a Slack channel. <laughs> um, but that's all about you know people who are recuperating and recovering from from COVID nineteen, and it's obviously a place to share experiences and symptoms and so forth. Mm-hmm. And there is a there is a channel on that uh, Slack in that Slack org that is for people who have been symptomatic for thirty days or longer, and the overwhelming sense of that channel is when like when when am i going to feel like myself again when am i going to be healthy again mm-hmm. recognizing that for thousands of people that this is like they would they would they would love to be having the experience we we are having because they they ended up in on a in a in a hospital intubated mm-hmm. in intensive care on a ventilator or dead yeah they would all like to be struggling with, you know, day 49 of symptoms, granted. Uh, but but there's also a sense of like, I, I, I mean, what's, what's most challenging or one of the things that's most challenging about it is nobody knows what to do in terms of, of trying to protect themselves and others because nobody knows whether they're still mm-hmm. potentially infectious. Nobody knows, like nobody knows, are they, are they immune? Are they infectious or whatever? We people can be can be and are working on getting tested, whether for antibodies or for um, the original or for the PCR testing. But all of it is just like it, it, it's it is incredibly scary and incredibly weird and unnatural and unnormal. And at the same time, it's also like kind of kind of banal. It's like, well, yeah, you know, I took my I took my Tylenol and I drank my I drank my uh, tummy time tea and. Mm-hmm. Now I need to take my, take my nap, um, but yeah, I mean, I I feel very 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 lucky yeah. that I I had a you know, family to take care of me, that I had a house to stay in, I had a spare room to sleep in, that I had um, the experience of you know five decades of being an asthmatic to know that just feeling like you aren't breathing right doesn't mean you're dying immediately right. um and i had asthma meds and i had i had bought a giant vat of tylenol <laughs> you know yeah. before well, and, and the- like how do you even go about treating something like this that's unknown i mean it's we know it's new and unknown because it's novel is right there in the name and so like i think for me that would be the hardest part would be like is taking tylenol helping like helping the cause at all or yeah. You know, or is that prolonging what's happening? Like it would, like sometimes when I get sick, a thing that I will sometimes do for myself is try to feel like I'm helping because even mm-hmm. if it doesn't change my symptoms, it makes me feel better. Is the way that I always have described this. Like I will tell Mr. Kelly, like um, as long as I'm not contagious, like really, what I need for you to do is just rub my arm and rub my back, like rub your hand on my back and tell me that I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And like, it doesn't mean I'm any less sick, but it will make me feel better. Right. It's, and, it's, it's palliative. Yes. And there's a certain amount of that that's really important. <laughs> and so, yes, absolutely. Like, and like, that was the hardest thing for me when I was sick was um, because uh, Mr. Kelly works for a food company and mm-hmm. 
food is i don't know if anybody knows this but food is considered essential so uh, i know right so he goes to work every day and so part of what they had to deal with was figuring out how to uh, get people if people were coming into the office what does that look like how do we make sure that if there are more if there are people in the office that they're sitting you know distance apart and everything so like not so now i'm sick and all i want is for mr kelly to rub my bag and tell me that i that he's sorry that i'm sick and you know he wants me to feel better and it'll be okay and i have to quarantine so not only do i have to like go through this by myself and you know everything but like I don't I don't get the part where I get to feel better because now I'm, you know, on top of like adding insult to all of this at the time injury because I was I was for a couple of days I was pretty sick. Um like I'm now having to do it in the guest room. It's not my bedroom. It's not like where I live. It's you know, it's across the hall and it's weird and you know, like you, like having a a home to go to and people to to help, you know, care. Like yes, I I absolutely understand the position that I'm in, which is like I'm complaining about having to sleep in the extra bedroom of my house. I understand. But it it was just another way that I didn't feel good. So I know mm-hmm. what you're talking about with that. And it and that was the part that was really hard because he couldn't come near me. And so Right, because he had to keep going to work and if he came near right. you, he would not and, be able to do right. that. Right. And at that point, um uh there was no at at that point it was like that was that was the wave of news about like the fever is not a determining factor. So mm. you could be sick, but maybe not have a fever at all. Yeah, and so ra- raises hand from across the country. Yeah, I see, never. I have. I've been sick for for seven weeks. Mm-hmm. I have five weeks, seven weeks, seven weeks. Forty nine days is seven weeks. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I've been sick for seven weeks. I have in those seven weeks. The number of times I spiked a fever over 100, 100.4 degrees, which is officially a fever, mm-hmm. one time. One yeah. time. The rest of it, when I say low-grade fever, I mean 99.3. Mm-hmm. And you may say, Mike, that is a namby-pamby child fever. What is wrong with you? <laughs> and I'll say, I know. I'm not, I'm not arguing the point. I'm just saying, like, I can tell you to within a tenth of a degree what my temperature is at this point before I check it based on exactly how crappy I feel. Yep. And that, and it doesn't, it didn't have to be a hundred and a hundred and one. It was fine. Like 99.3 or 99.4. I can tell you I'm going to, I am going to feel like I have to lie down or I'm I know I'm off. Yeah. I know know I'm I'm off. off. Yeah. And that, and that and was the problem I was having too. Was like I don't have a fever, and that was when the wave came out of like that was just as we were going under lockdown here, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. trying to make sure every you know everybody's okay. And so I was like, you can't come near me. And so like the little energy that I had to like crawl out of the guest room and you know get try to get something to eat or try to get more water or something, you know, cause I'm, I'm feeling cruddy. Like I have to make sure that I'm doing that in enough time that I can like minimize my presence in the rest of the house. Mm-hmm. So like, so then, you know, so then like I I'm laying in bed and he has to like peek around the door and be like, I just wanted to see if you were in here. And I'm like, yes. And it's terrible. And you have to go now. And he's like, I know. And so it like, it was, for me that was that was the hard part and you know like you um yes i was very sick but i didn't have anything that required me to um like i did end up with a a a follow-up appointment 
mm-hmm. uh, but nothing that required me to rush to an emergency room, nothing that required me to go to a hospital, nothing that required any sort of like, like order of magnitude larger care, which is what we're seeing from everybody else. And so, so like for me personally, it was just sucky to lay there by myself, you know, for a couple of weeks and have it be, have it be no fun. But, you know, I did like, I did come out of it. So I can't even imagine what it is, what it is like to be a person who is in the hospital right now, because Mm -hmm. even if you're not a person who is there with COVID-19, it's entirely possible that you are still not able to be visited by people that you care about. You can't be, you can't be. And, 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 and I think it's, it's one of the things that makes this particularly horrid and and particularly Mm -hmm. unbearable um the uh friends of mine uh several i mean several friends of mine have lost their parents Mm -hmm. uh elderly parents over the last um few weeks one one uh one mom passed away this morning and in almost all cases it was you know people were simply not did not have the opportunity to visit and to spend time with that in many cases you know, parent who is suffering from dementia or Alzheimer's uh, for weeks. Mm-hmm. And that that just sucks. There's just no, there's no making that any better in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, as, as listeners know, uh, Mrs., Mrs. Mike is a congregational rabbi here in New York. And she has now, she's now three funerals in, mm-hmm. um, which by, by, you know, by the stand, by the the standards, by the <laughs> the pace for some of her colleagues and some of the some communities, some other communities, mm-hmm. it's actually quite. It has been quite light. I mean, many yeah. many and of many people she knows have been doing endless funerals. That was one of the things that I think did not get a lot of attention mm-hmm. um, at the time was uh, when people were ta- when when the first wave of. Um, uh, sort of essential workers and non-essential workers and stuff mm-hmm. uh when when that started when that started becoming a conversation people had to have is my job essential is my job not essential um you know if my job is essential what does that mean if my job is not essential what does that mean and i saw a number of people um kind of up in arms about uh uh clergy mm-hmm. uh you know people who serve in some sort of religious capacity whatever that may be um yeah, being or, considered or, or, essential or, or the or the the congregation itself, the church, the synagogue, or the mosque being considered an essential business, right? Yeah. And and like what you know, why do you get to be essential? And I finally saw somebody be very blatant about it and say, um, "It's for funerals, guys. Yeah. This is this is what's happening." And yeah, um, so I want to tell a tiny little story of happiness and all Please. of this. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, Dave Hamilton, your friend and mine from mm-hmm. the Neighborhood Podcaster. Uh, Dave Hamilton said that he had gotten a call. Uh, this has been um, a couple weeks ago, three weeks ago now, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a call from a Matt Geekab listener, which is where people might know Dave Hamilton from, is, is Matt Geekab, which has been around for ages. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave got a call from a listener and uh, who said, um, we are trying to... Uh, get people in touch with their people on the outside. And I don't know how we can do that. Like we don't, we don't have devices or anything, you know, to help them with. And so Dave said, well, there's this 
$99 Android device that mm-hmm. you can get. And I can help you get it set up with you know, Skype or, or um, you know, I, I don't know if WhatsApp has video chat or whatever, but like whatever the, the preferred method of communication is, like there's this $99 Android phone that will do the job for you and it'll get on your Wi-Fi and it'll be fine. And the guy was like, great, we have a budget. We have a small budget to try and do something like this. So I'm going to go buy all of these that I can with the budget that we have and I'll call you back. And so Dave helped him get those things set up with video communication so that the the people in the hospital would be able to talk to people and you know get visitors even if they weren't in person. That's that's amazing. I'm so glad he did that. I I was going to say similar story. Um, I saw uh, uh, this is now three weeks ago. I saw a tweet somebody saying hey or or Facebook post. Um, do you know anybody who has a spare iPad? Because we're collecting iPads to take to Downstate, which is a hospital, a public hospital here in Brooklyn, for that exact reason to allow patients to communicate with their families when they don't like when they don't have a device and where they and mm-hmm. and we'll take whatever you got. And I said, well, I I, I can help with that. <laughs> so I collected. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came up with three uh, functional iPads in various states of repair: a mini, uh, a two and a i think a pretty bashed up ipad air um like cracked screen packing tape over it uh mm-hmm. made sure they they all booted made sure they all they all <laughs> charged up and uh then like arranged it and it, the the guy came by in a, and had texted me said here's how we're going to do this he came by in a car within the car there was an envelope on the outside like stuck to the passenger window He's like, like a, it was a, not an envelope. It was a Ziploc bag. He's like, so I take the Ziploc bag. I put the iPads in the Ziploc bag. I <laughs> seal the Ziploc bag. I put on a glove. I open his trunk and I put the bag in the trunk in a box and I close the trunk and I throw out the glove. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's like, you know, first you take the fox across the river. Then you go back for the lettuce. No, yes, by then you the only chicken's get, eating the you grain. You only get four trips. Yeah. You only get four trips. You got to like the fox will eat the chicken. The chicken will eat the grain. Um, but so... I, I got and so I didn't think much much of it beyond that. And I got an email from the organization tonight, uh, and I I want to I want to give this a a proper uh, a, I want to contextualize it properly so that I have the numbers right. Two hundred nineteen New Yorkers who donated one or more used tablets to the iPads and Hospitals Project. Um, as of today, we have committed nearly 750 iPads for donation to NYC hospitals and needs. Aww. Devices, that includes local collection plus devices mailed in from 35 states and refurbished iPads purchased with our GoFundMe proceeds of $43,000. Wow. Um, which was just like this idea that someone had that crowdsourced up then then crowdsourced it so they're making tomorrow not tomorrow thursday and friday they're making a brief promo video so they're going to drive by my house (laughs) among other everybody else's house um but that like they there are of course hundreds thousands of these stories of Mm -hmm. people you know trying to find a way to 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 pull it together And, and that's what i've been trying to do is yeah. like I keep going. The, the only thing I feel like I, c- I mean, I know that what I'm doing right now by basically staying home all the time, um, mm-hmm. uh, is helping, and I get that. I understand that. Um, but it, I am genetically predisposed to help people. 
That's why I did as much tech support as I've done in my life. That's why I still do tech support for people for free. Uh, my family is who call when my family needs actual help with their with their machine, whatever device it is. If it's the laptop, if it's the phone, yeah. um, if it's the one I told them to buy or not, uh, they still call me. And uh, I, it, if you are a person who is in one of, who is in a position to need this help, we will have a link to Dave's ninety nine dollar Android device in the show notes. It runs Skype like a champ. Um, if you need it, it will, it's, it's happy to hang out on Wi-Fi. It's not like it needs a service plan or anything. Um, if you need help figuring out how to connect those things, if you need help explaining to non-technical people how they are able to access their family member in the hospital, if you need any of the sort of explaining or any of the sort of, uh, tech know-how that I can give you, I am happy to give it to you. And all I want yeah. is for you to take it and use it and just tell me like it worked or it didn't work. Like that's all I want in return. I don't need glory. I don't need fame. I just want to be able to do more than it feels like I'm doing because like as of now, Oregon is not a, not particularly hot of a spot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we, there's not, there's not a ton of, a ton of infection going on here. Um, <clears throat> I don't know how flat any sort of curve is in Oregon right now. Um, but like, I understand that that's the part that I can do here, but I want to be able to help people. And like, given the interconnectedness of the rest of society, for example, the fact that Mike and I literally live on opposite coasts of the United States and we're still putting together a podcast yeah, every, for, every so for often. Instance, for instance, um, like it, the, you know, the, the possibility of doing that, like, I just want to be able to help people do that. If you, or if it's just your family, like maybe, maybe none of you are sick, but nobody can go visit grandpa anymore. And grandpa could really use some video chat. Like I can yeah. help you set that up and I can help explain to grandpa how it works, which is the skill that I have that a lot of people don't. So, um, I'm happy to assist in any way that I can. If you are that person or if you know somebody who needs that person, uh, we're going to have all of, you know, all sorts of contacting and stuff at the end of the show. You can always get a hold of us. Yes. I and would so, like to do that. And, and <laughs> so, so that like the, the helping instinct is, I, I, I think, I think what I have noticed, and again, being in, in, in Brooklyn, being sort of in the middle of it, the degree to which people are reaching out Mm-hmm. for that help um whether it's you know help me set up my zoom account um i i have questions about live streaming i have questions about um restoring my computer uh i so and and specifically the the thing i was thinking of was that uh i have a friend who is a, a doctor and a novelist but in this case mostly a doctor and her laptop <laughs> died her work her work laptop that she needs to be able oh, no. to do to do telehealth visits with patients and, and uh-huh. do all her stuff. Um, and so she, she texted me and said, what do I do? And we went through some, some troubleshooting over the phone. And I was like, well, yeah, it's the, sounds like this, this MacBook air has, has shuffled off the mortal coil. Um, oh, no. it, it bereft of life at rest in peace. It joined the bleeding choir invisible. <laughs> However, uh, it was able to boot into target disc mode. And I said, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get in my car, uh, with a mask and gloves, and I'm gonna mm-hmm. take my freshly Lysoled and wiped down uh, 15-inch MacBook Pro mm-hmm. plus a Thunderbolt cable, uh, and I'm gonna bring them over to you, and you're gonna take that and use that as your loaner, uh, which and 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 you can uh, you can transfer over all your data, and then you can use this machine, and mm-hmm. so like having a reserve of gear 
mm-hmm. at the moment. Like so much of the stuff that I had lying around the house is now being used in yeah. various places. <laughs> like the laptop is gone. There was a router that got used up. Cameras, mic stands, tripods, lights that, you know, are, 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 everything. Everything, like all of this, uh, I, I I dare daren't say air quote junk, all of this seemingly <laughs> extraneous material is suddenly like getting pulled into service. Yeah. And including those three iPads. And it's amazing. And I, I feel better for doing it. Um, and now I have to, and, and now it's like, well, who needs a loner phone and who needs this? And, and mm-hmm. it's, what's amazing about it, what's amazing about the experience for me, um, it, it goes back to what, like the first week of, of lockdown or first week of, of, of trying to do social distancing in New York, we had, a, we had stuff going on at the synagogue. So Mrs. Mike asked me to coordinate with her streaming and like and and so she did services from the synagogue with just me and a camera Mm -hmm. and a streaming box and as i was doing this i thought to myself my god this is this is what victor and i were doing at Macworld (laughs) nine years ago yes we have been we have been preparing for this moment (laughs) For the moment where every where like everyone's production value goes out the window and everybody is using a webcam from their basement. Yeah, the way this- everybody's leveling up their video game right now is I set it, I propped my phone against some books so it's not yes. in my hand and shaky the whole time. Like, yeah, I remember uh, when I when I went to the doctor, like we talked about at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, it was a initially it started as a telehealth visit, so I had my phone on a stand on top of a box of Kleenex so that she wasn't staring at my nose and just left it sitting there. And she was like, and I made sure I was not sitting in front of a window. And like, to me, very, very basic things. Shout out to Chuck Joyner for helping me up my video game for all these years. And because when I go on his show, it's got to look decent, you know? And so, uh, and she was like, wow, your video looks great. And I was like, I left my phone on the stand. I can imagine you don't get a lot of... She said, yeah, a lot of people don't think to set their phone down and just talk to me. And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, okay. That makes yeah, that makes more sense. In fact, I texted Chuck when basically all the news went to uh, people broadcasting from their houses. Yeah. And everybody was wearing a very dark shirt and sitting in front of a bright white wall and the, the camera <laughs> didn't know what to do. And the people who weren't doing that were uh, sitting in front of a window and I remember sending Chuck Joyner a note because I love Chuck. Uh, I sent Chuck a note and I said, I just want to thank you for uh, all of the times that you let me ask you how my video could be better and helping me find a good light to put on the other side of the monitor so that I'm not just blue from, you know, the, the monitor light reflecting on my face. And thank you for all of the times that you helped me make sure that like my camera was in the right place and all of that, because I feel way more professional now than i did a couple but of weeks ago it's so. it, i mean it's astonishing and it what it what is amazing is the collected sort of diy low budget production wisdom and experience of the blogosphere mm-hmm. uh, the podcastosphere and the blogosphere and the and the vlogosphere um but like everything that we that we got to practice doing Mm-hmm. and had to figure out how to do mm-hmm. is now what 
every like literally yeah. everyone. I remember <laughs> seeing somebody say watching network news catch up to YouTube is not where I thought it's... 2020 would lead us. <laughs> Well, I I found myself. I, I got to say, shout out to Saturday Night Live for for being willing to go there and and do the crazy, insane thing stuff that they're doing, which is amazing. Last night, I found I myself. I love watching them turn and turn sketch comedy inside out. It's, it's just so, been it's so surreal. funny. So so two thing, two sort of cultural touchstones. One was last night watching uh, Colbert, uh, the Late Show, a Late Show with Stephen oh, at home, um, where he his guest was John Mulaney. And for the first oh, no. for the first ten, 5 10 minutes it was it was horribly awkward and weird and then it just became <laughs> delicious and golden and oh, and like marvelous. Yeah. It was so good. And and they were so fu- and they as when they got comfortable they was so funny and so fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um so that 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 was great but also I don't know if you um if you watched the Stephen Sondheim 90th birthday uh, celebration on the YouTube. I saw a bit. Uh, as a theater person, I'm legally obligated to watch You're the le- entire yes. thing within yes, 30 you- days of release. Yes. Yes, you will You will lose your, your imaginary union card if you do not <laughs> yes. watch it. Um, so, first of all, it was delayed half an hour, and then they started it, and the intro with Stephen Schwartz playing piano and what was supposed to be Raul Esparza narrating or, or introducing it live completely failed to oh, not no. work. And at one point, uh, Esparza was talking and getting texts on his phone saying, Raul, you're <laughs> muted, you're muted. Uh, and it was it was a calamity. They they had to stop it. They had to like they of course once you stop a YouTube stream you can't recover that URL. So they had to like change the embeds and everything. Oh they my finally gosh. started an hour late, and it was but it, it ended up being delightful. Very much like um, uh, Saturday Night Seder was during Passover. <laughs> similar similar sort of production work, uh, but the Saturday Night Seder. By the way, you should go back and watch because it was fantastic. But this the 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 high point of the show for me was um, the the classic song, "The Ladies Who Lunch" from Company, oh, which is yes. which forever iconically identified with the original Broadway performer who made it into one of her signature songs, which is Elaine Stretch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which we have talked about. We've talked about this before. We've talked about it. You can go watch it. It's it is a recurring theme here on the after show. It devolved into Lady Elaine Fairchild <laughs> singing "Ladies <laughs> Who Lunch," and I like within the last week I have giggled about that to myself. I guarantee. I got, I got to go find the show where that was. I don't uh, remember which one it was, but yes, it was. Uh, oh, Lady Friday. <laughs> These are the ladies who lunch, aren't they, Gaz? <laughs> and one for Marla! <laughs> Daniel Tiger! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this is not an Elaine Stritch story. No, no. Uh, it's not. No, ladies who lunch on the Sondheim special. Ladies who lunch. Ladies That's who what lunch we're talking about. On the yes. Sondheim special is what we're talking about. So, so obviously Elaine Stritch no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, was not available. What? I you would think, but no. Uh, she was not available. So instead, you you had to find someone else to sing the song. Yes. And so when the song began, they, throughout the show, they'd put up title cards indicating the performer. Mm-hmm. And they did not do that for this song. She's so like, oh, I wonder who's going to sing it. Um, 
And so it starts off and it is the the UI is that of a Zoom meeting. <laughs> so you oh, can no. see the Zoom UI on the bottom. Okay. And it is Christine Baranski <gasps> in a bathrobe with a martini. What appears to be a martini. Of course. And she sings, she starts singing and she sings the first verse. And then suddenly another another <laughs> another fighter appears. Another person enters the Zoom and it's Meryl Streep. What? With with a with a a bottle of Michter's rye, oh, <laughs> Michter's whiskey, <yes! laughs> and she sings a verse, and then the third participant, also in a bathrobe, <gasps> and it's Audra McDonald, oh! and it is, it is, blessed genius. The entire from from beginning to end, it's just spectacular, that and it's ex- amazing. It's exactly right. It is exactly <laughs> every second of it is exactly right. And I said at the time on chat, I was talking to Moses uh, Chuluan actually. Um, I said, you know, to be clear, this is the star power required to make one Elaine Stritch. <laughs> and I think and he it, absolutely agreed with you. Hi, my sis. Yes. Hi, my sis. And he actually said, uh, if you, I think he said, if you put them together, they make Captain Stritch or Mecha Stritch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like a stretch i like it uh but, but sounds, yeah that sounds legit um it was totally legit totally i've legit. actually been talking to moises a lot lately because i got a nintendo switch and mm. i have been playing not Animal wait not crossing not a not a nintendo stretch no. i'm sorry <laughs> that, that just you you take it you take it out of the the charger See, and it's just like it's dripping with gin and you know what and cigarettes and no one understands how that happened yeah that that's what you snap on the sides of a nintendo switch is instead of the controllers like one side has a little groove for the the, the baby the pint of tanqueray and then Cigarette the other holder. side is for for your salem lights yeah oh listeners if somebody would like to photoshop up a nintendo stream Rich, we will make it the logo for a following show. That is that. Moises, if you're listening, uh, I, I, I know <laughs> you've got some free time because you're done pulling all the weeds on your island in Animal Crossing. You told me. Anyway, so you're playing. You're um, playing some Animal Crossing. I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing uh, because I have a Nintendo now, and so uh, yeah. Um, so I'm I'm also taking recommendations for other games um, aside from Pokemon Shield. Shield, mm. yes, Shield. I have Pokemon Shield, um, because I have a friend who has Pokemon Sword, and so this way we can trade all the Pokemon together. And um, I and Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild goes without saying, so you mm-hmm. don't have to tell me to mm-hmm. get that one because I'm not going to tell you uh, to get that one. That's why I buy Nintendo is to play the new Legend of Zelda thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I yes, Nintendo. I'm sorry, I'm still back at Nintendo Stretch, and you slap j- the tanker on one side and the. <laughs> <laughs> the Salem lights on the other, and there you go. Virginia Slims. She strikes me as a Virginia Slims kind of. I'm not sure what she smoked, smoker, but but we'll, but we'll 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 assume it's Virginia Slims. We'll we'll find out. Yeah, well, tall and thin, you know. Yeah, the thinnest lightest cigarettes ever, and you just buckle them to the side, right? Yeah. So anyway, I, and it turns out she smoked like Chesterfields. <laughs> <laughs> Camel unfiltered. <Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> which would explain so much. Anyway, um, 
so yeah i've been playing a lot of nintendo and if if uh anybody has game recommendations i would like those too because uh i don't know if you know but uh yeah i'm not going anywhere anytime soon yeah we're not going anywhere so, speaking of speaking that's what of makes the go- nintendo nice so yeah it's great it's it, you can it's good for gaming at home or on the go yes. and if on the go just means going to the kitchen for another bag of cheetos hey that's fine exactly that is fine try take care of yourself um Speaking of taking care of yourself, I, I think we, we along with other Kelly, um, who, by the way, uh, Kelly O'Coin, hi Kelly, is growing an hi, epic, qu- epic quarantine beard. Number one, yes, and and number two, we'll be back uh, this Sunday on uh, Showtime with season five of Billions. So and standing you, really close to people. So if you miss yes, that, you can go watch them on the TV. You can go watch. What, do you find yourself watching television programs now and saying, why are they standing yes. so close? Yes. <laughs> yes. So weird. You don't um, know them. Back up. You, yes. you haven't been sharing a house with those people. Which Maybe reminds you me, I have, yes. a pro, I have a pro tip for people because I thought this was delightful. Yes. Uh, this woman... Uh, I saw uh, on Twitter, I saw that this woman made a mask uh, that had little uh, cartoon penises on it. <laughs> yes. And so what she would do, so she made the mask and it has, it, it's a small pattern of like little cartoon penises on it. Yes. And she said it was uh, intentional because whenever anyone is scandalized by her mask, she says, if you can see them, you are too close and you need to back up. Right. If you if you if you approached to discern the design, yes, that was your fault, not yes. mine. You brought this on yourself, and you need to. If you can see them, you need to step back. And so, I really appreciated that approach. It sort of seems like something I would do. Yeah, <laughs> it, like, you could, you, your mask is inappropriate. Your distance from me is inappropriate. Yeah. If you and if you're not comfortable with that, you can always go with like eldritch runes or little pictures of <laughs> the elder gods. Whatever, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Um, I did nice want to mention little like middle finger middle fingers animation yes. something like that just yeah I, I just like the idea of it being something that uh nobody should be able to appreciate you know someone someone out there is going to come up with a an e-ink mask that allows you to play gifts on it and <gasps> and i would i would i would crowdfund that um mm. you know i i don't i i don't know what the technology would look like but i i'm sure it exists <laughs> um so I, I wanted to, since we were talking about uh, the the Kellys, twin Kellys, um, you know, what one of the things, one of the many um, cultural and recreational casualties of this particular historical moment <laughs> is the uh, the season of basketball. <laughs> the part of April where Kelly sings basketball Jones on the show. <laughs> yes, basketball Jones, um, and it it was it was. I mean, it's obviously very, very difficult for everybody. I think if the NBA does figure out a way to do this abbreviated, wacky, crowd-free um, mm-hmm. playoff-only scenario or, or extended playoff thing, that'll be fun and interesting, but it'll be weird. It'll be um, weird and it won't be right. And whatever they, if they were to do anything, it will always have an asterisk of like not yeah. being real. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I mean, just like this year's All-Star game was like, yeah. we're going to make up the, it was, it was Calvin Ball. Yes. This year. It was 100% Calvin Ball. Yes. Like we're going to make up these rules. And it. don't get me wrong, it was amazing. It was <laughs> it super was, great to watch. Yes. So much fun to watch. Um, and the it, like, even the announcers, everybody's like, I've never seen them play defense. They're like, yeah, because <laughs> you made them care. I don't know how you, yeah. like, with the with the charity and the thing, you actually made them care about the outcome of the game. And they're 
competing. It's amazing. But but the point I was going to make is that right now, as a as a way of cheering up New York City basketball fans, our uh, local one of our local sports networks, MSG Network for Madison mm-hmm. Square Garden, the 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 home of the Knicks and the Rangers mm-hmm. on your cable system. All this week, two games a night. They are replaying Knicks games from the 2012 season, which if you are a Knicks fan, or even if you're not, you may recall the 2012 season as the debut of Lynn Sanity. And they are showing all (laughs) the Lynn Sanity games. Start last night, they did, they showed the first two games. So it was the first game that he came off the bench and scored 25 points against the Nets. Yeah. And everybody went, what the hell? That was a good game. And then the second, then like three days later. So that was, that game was on a, like a Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they had a few days off. Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday that year. The Giants beat the Patriots. Mm-hmm. So then you've got this Monday night game at the Garden where they're like six of the Giants are sitting in Celebrity Row. The crowd's already insane. Everybody's so excited because we won the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> Amari Sadamari was out, sadly, because his, his brother had passed away. Carmelo Anthony goes out in the yeah. first in the first quarter with a groin injury. Jeremy Lin, it starts. It's mm-hmm. his first NBA start. He scores 27 points, eight assists. Mm-hmm. They they beat the Utah Jazz. And like the like it was it it's in retrospect watching it, it's like uncovering it's like finding a five dollar bill in a book. It's just like, <laughs> oh, I remember feeling this way. This I remember is joy. I this is joy. I this remember was joy. happiness. Yeah. And I was telling my family that that in real time, in the real world, in in 2012, as this was all going on, I was I was on the road. Like I was traveling back to back the the weeks around Super Bowl Sunday that year. So I had been in, I was in Chicago, and I watched part of that New Jersey game. Mm-hmm in the bar. I was like, holy smokes, look at that. And so then the Utah, the, I, I don't remember where I was wearing the, watching the Utah game, but but like into week two of Linsanity, I was in a hotel bar in Orlando, Florida. And I'm sitting there with 15 other people and we're all screaming, <laughs> watching a regular season game between the Knicks and the Raptors. <laughs> And were the Raptors weren't anybody then? By the well, way, well, I mean they weren't. They weren't. They were. They were somebody, but they weren't. They weren't like the Raptors. World they like weren't the now. Raptors. Yeah. And and this is a game in Toronto. The crowd at the bar in Orlando is screaming. In Toronto, the Knicks are down two with eight seconds to play, and the Toronto crowd is on its feet screaming. Because Jeremy Lin is coming up the floor, finds a spot four feet behind the three-point line, dead center, two seconds remaining, drains a three-pointer. The Knicks win the game. I remember that. It was, I mean, it was so transcendent. It was just like no one had ever seen anything like this. Yeah. Anything. Did Did we talk about it? We talked about it on the talk cast. If I think if memory serves because I'm like we st- <laughs> we were still two eyeing then, so I yes. seem to remember 
Like, I, I seem to remember there being some sort of, like, a little bit of sports that kind of crept in. Yes, so. it was it was something to behold. And so so they're they're running all these games this week. Mm-hmm. I just got the DVR turned back on on my cable box. I was like, screw this. I'm recording all these games. Yep. And they're and 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 Jeremy Lin, who of course now is a is a New Jersey net. I'm pretty sure he's a New Jersey net. Um he's recorded interstitials and little oh, that's awesome. and little hey New York, I've always you're always going to have a special place in my heart and I Aww. hope you enjoy watching. And I'm like, he's wants us to enjoy this like crazy 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 thing that happened yeah you know undrafted kid out of harvard oh so good yeah so it was so good it's hard to explain it's hard to overstate for people who weren't paying attention to it in 2012 Mm. the impact the pop culture and the impact pop culture impact and the sports impact that this like crazy run of of performances have yeah. on the sport. It was like nobody had ever seen anything like it. Mm-hmm. We've been, we haven't been getting anything quite that fantastic, but we've been getting like classic Blazer games. Mm-hmm. So uh, when we went to the finals, it's a thing that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the 90s, we did it a bunch. Um, and so like we got, uh, we, we've gotten some of those games. We got, uh, uh, what do they call it? The final word. I think the unbelievable, amazing shot. Um, I think I may have texted you about at like twelve thirty at night your time. It's possible. Oh my god, Damian Lillard, did you see? Yeah, because um, I was also texting Kelly at the same time. <laughs> uh, like, and, and I think I told him ahead of time, like I'm gonna be checking in on the game live, um, like as best I can because I have karaoke tonight. So let's just talk about all the things that I don't do anymore on Tuesday nights. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not. A, I'm not at karaoke. I'm not watching a basketball game with Dave, with Damian Lillard in it. Um, but it's been it's been interesting to to kind of get to go back and see those games. It's been really fun um, to get to watch uh, Clyde Drexler and Jerome Kersey hustle and Terry Porter hustle the ball down the court. Oh, uh, to watch to watch. Uh, to watch Clyde Drexler's team go toe to toe with Michael Jordan's team. Cause we did that a couple of times and we took it pretty far, you know, relatively um, watching the, like watching those games, watching those guys play, uh, mm. getting to just getting to see uh, that, you know, getting to see that stuff again. You know, we got some of the, some of the 80s stuff, you know, we've got uh, you know, watching some of the, some of the, the older games as well. And it's just been, it's been fun to watch them because not not all of them were necessarily like spectacular, notable games, but it's mm. been kind of fun to like drop in and watch a little bit of like this. Not only uh, this is what the Blazers used to look like, but this is what basketball used to look like. You know, it used to be a very different game. You didn't hack anybody. There wasn't, you know, um, like for people who don't know, there didn't used to be a three point shot. Um, <laughs> wow, yeah, that, that does take so, me back. So you watch the game and you're like, why does the why does the gym look weird? Well, because the you know the floor looks weird because nobody cared where you were standing. It was a two point shot unless you were at the foul line, and then it was sometimes you know, and then it was one. That's it. There was only two shots. Those were them. And watch you know, and just watching you know what basketball looked like even mm-hmm. ten years ago is very different from what it looks like now. Yeah. And that's been. Uh, sort of a, a fun thing to watch as well. So awesome. Yeah. Well, i i want to I want to take a moment for favorite 
things this week um, because you know we're, we're in the middle of we're in the middle of the Westworld season. Uh, we've got oh. uh, Bad Education, which just popped as the new move, new movie on HBO. A friend of mine is actually mm-hmm. in that, so I <gasps> recommend it. Um, there, of course, we have uh, we have um, Billions coming back this weekend, mm-hmm. but I wanted to mention uh, a and actually an article in Tidbits uh, that yes. came out yesterday. Uh, from friend of the friend of the pod, uh, Adam Angst. Hi, Adam. Uh, hi, Adam. Um, and we can't forget shout outs because it's been too long. Uh, I know. We'll Adam, that. Adam, uh, it rocking a, uh, I think a 2014 iMac, maybe later, uh, 27 inch iMac where his, uh, his SSD died. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and his, his saga of trying to figure out how to how to resolve this and how to get around the problem of having a having his primary machine have a dead dead drive mm-hmm. um it it is number one it's an epic saga number two it reminds us all that um even even legendary mac newsletter publishers get the blues um <laughs> that that like this is the not this is not as easy as it should be um, particularly when you have a machine where in order to replace the storage device, you have to slice the screen off. <laughs> like, yeah. It's, not, it's non, it's non-trivial. Um, and it's and, really not. And everything that we've become accustomed to in terms of, well, I'll just get this looked at or I'll drop it off at the Apple store or I'll mm. call my guy or my girl or my, my indeterminate gendered technician. Yeah. None of that is easy. At the moment, no. none of that is in many cases not feasible. Right at the moment, so yeah, I I I I recommend it as a read, and it's of course at tidbits.com. Um, not only for the technical, you know, mm-hmm. nitty gritty of it, but also for the huh. Given given the constraints, how am I going to figure out my way out of this? What's the what's the least painful, you know, return to sanity? Yeah, uh, and it's it's an interest. It's a good read. I think it was. I actually really liked the story, so yeah. I, I wholeheartedly recommend it. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to check that out. I haven't. Um, I haven't had a chance to sit down with that one. And uh, yeah, definitely. I'm sure. I, I'm sure it's interesting because, like, I know a couple of other people who have had sort of issues and talked about, like, um, uh, who was it? Friend of the show. Uh, friend of the show. Ben Reithig. Hi, Ben. Hey, Ben. Uh, ben was saying that. Um, his mini is having some sort of issue mm-hmm. and um and and initially apple support was like well they because it's a desktop machine they treat it like it's a mac pro and so they want to send somebody to his house and he's like no, did no, you no, no, say no. that out loud before you said it to me because i don't know <laughs> I think I might have asked him, did they say that out loud before they said it to you? He said, I should have asked, but I did sort of push back on why they think it's okay for me to have to let a stranger into my house (laughs) to touch the computer that I touch all the time. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I've had had the the cable cable guy here twice in the past, in the past eight weeks. It's making me Mm -hmm. crazy. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, And like, just, I think for me, the weirdest thing is the incidental contact that I forget about or the, the amount mm-hmm. of time that you spend in other people's space that maybe mm-hmm. you don't think about uh, that mm-hmm. everybody's thinking about right now. I think that that for me is, is the weirdest part. Well, you know, 
since we're we're at an hour and we haven't talked about it, we'll save this for the next show. Yes. Um, which we should definitely do a bit of a deep dive on the Apple Google um, access access of oh, wacky. Well, it'll be a completely different piece of information by the time we record again so that's true that's because true. it's been so, different like three times in the last week so <laughs> i, I will i will call out uh casey newton from the verge in mm -hmm. his newsletter which is the information which is very good um pointed out that the there was an implementation chain or germany germany had wanted a different implementation for that for uh -huh. the 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 phone contact api yeah uh, and Apple said, no, we, we, we can't, we're not going to do it that way. We can't do it that way because it would require a change to iOS mm -hmm. and Germany backed down <laughs> and, and like they're doing it Apple's way and not, and not the way they wanted to. Yeah. And he said, he's like, I don't include this necessarily because it's an important technical point. I include it because it's an illustration of, of the fact that Apple has the power to make Germany change course <laughs> to <say>. something <laughs> yeah no okay no <laughs> that 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 maybe maybe it's time for a moment of reflection that apple can uh can move the policy preferences of sovereign nations yes <laughs> should it choose to do so which is yeah there's a small number of companies on the planet with the power to do that and and mm -hmm. few of them not called facebook so <laughs> That's um, true, and here we are. And yeah. here we are. So, so anyway, uh, we'll so talk we'll about we'll that. We'll definitely talk about that next time. We'll yeah. talk about that next time. But in the meantime, I think do you have a do you have a, a cultural pick or anything you would like to share with the listeners? I do, and uh, I'm not gonna turn this into a podcast about the Muppets, um, but yeah. I am gonna say very briefly. Wait, wait. When you say turn into, I think <laughs> the implication there is it hasn't been all along. Well, I've been here the whole time, so I guess. <laughs> <laughs> That's sort of inaccurate. Yeah. Um, anyway, you don't want to turn it into podcast. Okay. So uh, where Moving we on. where we end up discussing the Muppets? Okay. Like I know I'm here all the time, and I sound a lot like Beaker, but that's a story for another show. Um, what I wanted to talk about very briefly is that for people who may not know, um, a number of people have been the puppeteer who was responsible for Kermit the Frog throughout the years. Mm -hmm. So initially, yes. he was Jim Henson's OBS. Um, but after Jim Henson passed away, uh, the 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 position of being Kermit's operator fell to a guy named Steve Whitmire. Stephen Whitmire is no longer with the Muppets, and he did that. He did it for a long time, and he's he's not there now. And uh, they've got a new person who is um, <clears throat> excuse me. They've got a new person who's performing uh, Kermit the Frog, and the thing and like it's it's a very new thing because uh some like uh steve whitmire left last year i think mm -hmm. um and so uh he there's as much drama there as you want to go and find and i'm just gonna leave it at that because it's not like it was ever a very cut and dried situation anyway but um the thing to know is that uh kermit is now being played by a different character or a different uh, puppeteer excuse me mm -hmm. <clears throat> and so uh the puppeteer he's played by now is matt vogel and uh matt vogel has had like some opportunity here and there to kind of show off uh you know what he can do with kermit and one of the big kermit uh things came out this week i think uh this was uh uh just it's uh kermit in the swamp 
and mm-hmm. uh, you see him like, it, like it's the sweetest thing. Like you were talking about earlier, you know, watching like you know watching people's sort of DIY spirit. Like you see the entire video, Kermit pulling his hand away from the camera, and he kind of squints into it a little bit and makes a face to make sure it looks like it should. And then he backs up and he sits down with his banjo and he plays Rainbow Connection. And then when he's done, he kind of looks around the swamp and he goes, hmm. And then goes back up and you see him reach up to turn off the camera. And it's the nicest video. Oh, my gosh. And I feel like Matt Vogel crushed it. And, like, I know a lot of people were concerned about, like, what was going to be the deal with Kermit going forward. And, you know, Kermit obviously is very dear to a lot of people. And uh, sometime when we have a podcast and we have to do a telethon for, like, a month, I will explain Mm -hmm. part of it to you for me um <laughs> like i said a month might t- might be get my i might be able to get into a portion of of my affinity for muppets and where that all comes from but um it's super duper great and i'm gonna fold that in with another pick for people who have a fondness for uh the the tv of their childhood yes. uh to tie it back to the beginning of the show when we talked about um lady elaine fairchild uh the, there is a biography out excuse me there's a biography out of mr rogers yes and it is read by lavar burton (laughs) and if you get a chance for the guy from reading rainbow to tell you the story of mr rogers it is a wonderful way to spend some time the book is called the good neighbor Uh, The full title is The Good Neighbor, The Life and Work of Fred Rogers. And uh, the audio version of this book is read to you by LeVar Burton. And listening to LeVar Burton tell you about Mr. Rogers' life is delightful. Like I said, I cannot recommend it to you enough. Um, (coughs) So if you get a chance, uh, that's a very nice way to spend a little bit of time. I'm... I'm a recent audiobook convert, so I have found a number of, like, I have found that the narrator of the book has a direct influence on how much I enjoy getting to hear it. Mm. And I've had to give up books because I couldn't listen to that person read it to me. And, and this was amazing. I've, I've listened to it twice through now because it's just so nice to hear. Well, as uh, I, I have several friends who work on audiobooks and I will I will commend uh, my friend Adam Gruper to you if you find stuff that he has read he's fantastic Ooh, okay um, but but yeah I think that I I cannot imagine a more pleasant experience than having <laughs> Fred Rogers uh, discussed to me by LeVar Burton yes um, and if you enjoy that LeVar Burton has a podcast called LeVar Burton Reads and he reads you short stories and it's also lovely that sounds amazing it's so um, good like, so, I don't even care what the story is. Like, he could come on one day and be like, I'm LeVar Burton, and I'm going to read you the Brooklyn phone book. And I'd be like, cool. He's <laughs> like, what's, what's, the, what's the guy from Metamorphosis? Uh, uh, not Kafka, who wrote it, but the, uh, the, the character's name? <laughs> that was all I could Gregor Samsa. One morning, Gregor Samsa awoke to find himself transformed in a, into a giant cockroach. <laughs> it's like, yeah, creepy, yes. but if LeVar Burton reads it. But if LeVar amazing. Burton reads it to me, I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> so if you get a chance, uh, yeah, listen, like I said, I, I, uh, I texted it to a friend of mine who uh, also reads a lot of audiobooks, and I said, and I, I told him, it is aloe vera on my sunburned soul. Oh, there's, a, there's an iTunes review for you. <laughs> it That's, is 
such an it's just such a nice feel like even when i'm in a pretty good mood like and i go listen to some audiobook because i'm doing dishes or whatever i'm doing you know like that moment of like it's just it's just nice especially now when there aren't as many of those moments as there used to be and mm-hmm. still never as many as there should be mm-hmm. um you have to take the ones you can get and that's that's one i will absolutely give you you got to take them as they come it is it is the shout out portion of the program so i want to say hi kelly hi dave hi, mcgee kelly. hi chris fuller uh hi lenny um hi daydre hi uh i hope lenny's doing okay i know he moved away he did he and he and mrs lenny moved to uh moved to high falls to uh uh, near new paltz new york and he is doing great he is doing uh twice a week facebook dj sessions (gasps) so if you would like to see lenny dj i would search, search for dj tofu uh on on facebook and you may find him uh i will i will try to to go to facebook for that yeah sorry but um but it's great i might for lenny though i might the two the two of them are have always having a good time i will try i will make a point of sharing it uh when i when i see them okay when i see them live he's he's very good i've Um, been doing a lot of club quarantine with d nice um mm -hmm. which makes me which also makes me inordinately happy um so yeah so um, so hi Lenny, hi Deidre, uh, hi, um, uh, hi, hi Diane, hi Info hi Diane. Driveway, hi Phone Boy, uh, <laughs> hi hi Tony Walla, hi Tony uh, Walla, who am I missing? Uh, Bree, uh, I'm forgetting. I know we're forgetting. Um, well, if you're a listener, I'm gonna say hi Melissa. Hi Melissa, if she's listening, this I think it's possible we've reached the point where we have to like write this down, make a list, or do a rotation of, of some sort. Yeah. Yes, stop doing it off the top of our head. I would love for it to turn into a rotation situation where we only have time to read a portion at a time instead of just all the people that we know that listen. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. That would be nice. <clears throat> it I think, would. I think that I think that maybe now that people are rediscovering their favorite podcasts. Uh, I, I I do have to I do have to go back and, and acknowledge another cultural touch point, but I will just say, if we did not mention you, please hit us up at please the underscore after show on the Twitter. Uh, you can of course find us find us individually. Kelly, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter as Verso. Uh, you can also find me five days a week over at MacObserver.com hosting the Daily Observations podcast, and for at least. Uh, another couple of weeks because I'm sure we will have to do some season wrap-ups and such. You can find me on the Incomparable TV podcast where I host Greetings from the Uncanny Valley, which is my Westworld show with Don Melton. Mm, greetings from Uncanny Valley. Um, I, I I would like to come up with a with a robotic um, candy company and call it Uncanny Toffee, but. <laughs> Oh, no. I, I don't know if that's going to actually come to fruition. <laughs> that's um, terrible. You can find me at the Twitters on Mike T. Rose. Uh, you can uh, also find me. Uh, you can actually find me on Trailhead Live. So if you go to trailhead.com and then look for the Trailhead Live link, you can see a uh, a webinar that I did with my friend Vivek Mahapatra about whiteboarding of all topics. So if you'd like to see me hey. and not just hear me, you can check it out. Uh, we'll put a link to that also in the show notes. It was a lot of fun to do. Um, and you can also find me on Medium uh, at Mike T. Rose, whereas I'm going to be writing up some of my uh, 49-day experience. And so you'll, you hopefully that will be available when the show is available as well, um, if you're curious. And 
Um, you can find the show at the underscore after show on Twitter, aftershowpodcast.com. Uh, we don't have a Facebook page yet, but we probably should. And the, eh. the, eh, eh, but the cultural thing I wanted to mention and the welcome back message I wanted to give is for three young men with a dream Merlin Mann, Scott Simpson, and Adam Lissagor, aka Lonely Sandwich. Uh, who some years ago had a little podcast called You Look Nice Today, which uh, if you were not a fan of it at the time, it's worth going back and listening to again because it is timeless, <laughs> surreal and timeless and delightful. And they are back. They released their first new episode in four years, five years. It's been uh, a while, yeah. Called California King. Um, and if it took a global catastrophe to bring these guys back together again well <laughs> no it wasn't worth it i'm no one would make that argument that's just insane but i'm glad they're i'm glad they are doing it again because they are uh they remain three of my favorite podcast voices like everything mm-hmm. everything i like about comedy podcasts <laughs> yes almost everything i like about comedy pod- podcasts i can hear pieces of it in the in the you look nice today um timbre and cadence and so mm-hmm. i i am a huge fan i ha- i i there was a memorable night at macworld in what <laughs> what must have been like 2000 and two, 2007 like it was the year after the iphone introduction so the iphone introduction was 07 what 07 so this must have been macworld 08 yes which doesn't seem right i know macworld 08 but where where I found myself at a bar and and, and like <laughs> you're was, right that's really weird at Macworld. it was it was so surreal and and was was hugged by each of the you'd look nice todayers <laughs> <laughs> independently I don't know why or how but but it was I I, I just felt so that I felt I felt like I, I was part that. of the in crowd it was just it was great yeah. it was so great I remember um, that because I remember you looking at me and go Merlin man hugged me and I'm like, yeah. I didn't know what and to I do had, with it. <laughs> and, I, and I had, I had, I think, well, not the longest conversation I ever had with John Gruber, but certainly it was a, a memorable conversation with John Gruber. It was a fun night. I gotta mm-hmm. say, that was a fun night. Anyway, there's more fun nights in our future. <laughs> yes. We'll all be, we will all be hugged again by the podcaster of our choice someday. I and if, hope so. And if one of your podcasters of choice happens to be me or Kelly, we will personally respectfully and with consent and from a safe distance <laughs> gladly give you a hug yes uh, if, if that's what you need um and so it's great to be back kelly i look forward to catching up with you again sooner than 49 days oh yes we will absolutely do it sooner than 49 days and in the meantime everybody be safe stay in and we bid you all a very good night 